No, I got it. Um, okay. Uh, here we are. Uh, this has been in the, in the talks for a couple months now. Um, got sidetracked with a couple of things. But hey, it's here. Um, the pod people discussion, as it was, that name was determined by a couple of our seniors. I'm Anthony Calavito, joined by Tim Vine and Joe Prescott. Um, Joe Prescott's a sports editor over at the Charles Street Times, as, lo- as well as myself. Tim's there, too. Um, not a lot to talk about, really. Um, we're going to do like kind of like a sports episode here for our first go. Um, but first, we want to address um, Governor Cuomo this past week, closed schools for the rest of the year, meaning that we wouldn't be returning to school. Um, how do you guys feel about that? I feel like hit or miss. It was it was the best. Uh, it was it was what needed to be done. Like yeah, I feel like with the distance learning, like it's working, and every and the regents are canceled, and SATs are pushed back. So I feel like there's no need to go back to school if it's not safe. So I think that was just the right thing to do by him. Yeah, as was, soon as they canceled all sports, I knew it was going to happen. It was bound to happen eventually. I think all especially the- regions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. All states are eventually going to follow suit. Yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. Um, you just got to feel bad for the seniors, man. I mean, I know we got a bunch of seniors on our staff, and it's just like, damn, this this really sucks. Yeah. Yeah, stuff like prom and graduation, the stuff you look forward to for, like, mm-hmm. years, and to get that taken away, it really sucks. Mm-hmm. We're going to make that happen. Um, Really don't want to mm-hmm. talk about a, a gl- very gloomy subject for a while now. Um, we're going to jump right into it. Um, I know we're week removed, but we're getting on it right now. NFL draft. Um, myself being a Patriots fan, I'm happy with what we did. Um, Joe, any any surprises that you saw come out of the first round? Out of the first round? I think the most obvious surprise is definitely Green Bay, the Packers with Jordan Love. Jordan I think Love. we can all agree about that. Like, uh, they needed, they were in the NFC Championship game last year. Like, they had a chance at the Super Bowl. And to pick a quarterback who's like high risk high reward kind of guy like he threw like the most interceptions in college last season and to pick him instead of like the great there was like Denzel Mims was still on the board I think T Higgins was still on the board like great receivers Patrick Queen from LSU a lot of Packers fans wanted Queen and then he ended up going to Baltimore I think that was a great pick by Baltimore personally very very good pick yeah he was was a beast in college they picked three positions they didn't need Green Bay First, second, third round. They didn't need either of all those positions. Yeah, I think they went running back round two. Yeah. And then, yeah. Mm -hmm. But you got to think, like, the Packers, that was basically saying to Aaron Rodgers, listen, this is our team, not yours. We're building for the future. Excuse me. Um, I think the Packers are getting ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers. He's, what, 36 now? 30? I don't even know. He's up there. He's in his mid to late 30s. I think he's like 36, yeah. What you would think is you give Rodgers, I don't know, a year or two to take this team to the Super Bowl. You give him the weapons in the drafts. You give him, you draft a couple wide receivers. Um, maybe the running back was the right move. But I think with the Jordan Love pick, they felt that he was truly the best player on the board. And why pass up on him? And a fun fact, when Brett Favre um, was on the team still, he was the same age as Rodgers is now when they drafted Aaron Rodgers drafted back in 2005. Man. So. I think the same thing's going to happen. Um, does Aaron Rodgers go to Minnesota like Favre did? Maybe. I think that would really that would be really fun to see play out, just to see that. Um, uh, Joe, your Broncos, uh, how do you feel about them? I was I, I loved the Broncos uh, draft, what they did in the draft. They, we went back-to-back receivers because we needed it. Our receiving core was depleted besides Cortland Sutton, and we got Jerry Judy, who I thought was the best receiver in the class. He was the most – 
complete. He had the speed. He had the route running. He has the hands. I think that he has it all. And then KJ Hamler. I was a little concerned about that pick. He's I think he's the next Harry Kill. Yeah, but he's yeah. I was watching his film, and he is quick, and he can he can he breaks a lot of tackles. He's shifty in the open field, and I think I I like the pick after watching the film. Wasn't happy with the Broncos taking my guy Lloyd Cushenberry out of LSU. I thought New England was going to take him early, and I was very high on him. I was going all over social media on Ride the Wave Media where I work at right now, and I was saying, listen, this guy's going to be the future. We're going to end up trading Joe Tooney, our left guard, who I think. He's one of the best guards in the league, but with a million dollars in cap space, that's no good. So I th- I say you trade a guy like him. You get the cap space, and I forget who else we cut. But we would have had $20 million if we um, made the, the Tooney move, and we drafted a guy like Cushenberry to side with Isaiah Wynn on the left side of the offensive line to build that offensive line young. And I think you go and get a big-name guy like Odell. I, th- I honestly thought by the end of the first night of the draft, Odell was going to be a Patriot just because um, there was speculation everywhere that Bill Belichick was going to make a big move. And he did. Um, I can You can kind of say trading down is a big move for Belichick, but, um, yeah, that's not really a big move and for Bill Belichick. That's, I think that's the most Bill Belichick thing you can do besides drafting a Division two safety in the second round of the draft at, what, 37 overall? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, liked, I liked what we did. Um, at first with Kyle Duger, I think his name is, um, the safety, um, the D2 safety. At first, I was very upset. I'm not going to lie. 37 overall, you're taking the D2 guy. And f- for what reason? You could have gotten him in the sixth round, I was thinking. And you're going to take him at 37. But initially, I thought um, McKinley was going to be the guy. We know Bill Belichick loves his Alabama players. And I thought Xavier McKinley was going to be the guy that was going. And then he went to the Giants. The Giants. Literally the the pick after. And I thought Bill Belichick just froze, and he didn't know what to do. He wasn't expecting McKinley to go, so he just chose this random um, D2 safety out of nowhere. And it's like, all right. And then you look into him, and this guy was just a freak athlete. I think after the combine, his um, he had he put up really good numbers at the combine, and his, um, and his draft stock just went com- completely through the roof. And I think that's why um, Belichick was so high on him. I think the Bills were looking to take him in the second round, too. I think the Bills were looking at him, so I think Bill. I think Belichick just said, "Listen, let's just take him right here." I I trust I trust Bill Belichick. Uh, Bill Belichick's instincts oh, when it comes to the players. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, if he's taking a Division two player in the second round, I think he sees something. It also says something about the um, like playing Division two. Like I saw I saw a thing where like it was there were a bunch of uh, players who didn't even play Division one football. Who were drafted in the draft, mm-hmm. and I thought that was interesting. To look at like, Thaddeus Moss. I thought that was a shock to me. I thought New England was going to go up and take him. Thaddeus, Thaddeus I, I, yeah, I, I remember I was watching him during the um, during LSU's run, and he was impressive. But I don't, I don't know if he's he's going to be like a, a high caliber tight end. I think he could be decent, but I feel like the name really brings you know like a lot of the hype. Yeah, 100%. yeah. so yeah. I'm trying to think of what else New England did. Um, what else we got from the draft? Any other surprises? Uh, Makai Becton going 11 to my Jets. I didn't like that. Oh, there that. you go. Um, I didn't like that. Who did you, who did you want at that pick? Jerry uh, Judy, right? A receiver, any receiver, literally any receiver, or Tristan Wirfs. 
Where was he from? Yeah. Uh, was he Alabama? Tristan Wirfs was I- Iowa. Yeah, he's an Iowa, Iowa tackle. He's a, he's an insane athlete. There's videos mm-hmm. of him like dunking the ball, like yeah. like he's he's a he's who did he go to? Um, he went to Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they traded yeah. up for him too. Yeah, that, they needed they needed that. Everything else the Jets did, I loved. I loved how they traded up to get uh, Ashton Davis. I think he's a baller from UCLA, D back. Denzel Mims, I think that was one of the best receivers they could have got at that spot. I like Bay that. Pick. I like that pick. I like Denzel Mims. It's just the Mackay Becton is just sitting there with me. Another thing New England did that I loved. We drafted two tight ends. I know one of them was from Virginia Tech. I really can't remember their names right now. But I know one of them was um, – they were writing that he was supposed to be the next George Kittle, who is arguably the best tight end in football right now. And um, mm-hmm. I think the last time we drafted – no, I know the last time we drafted two tight ends was 10 years ago back in 2010 when we had Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. Granted, they went in two completely different directions. But <laughs> um, I think this – by drafting the two tight ends like that, the, Belichick is pretty much saying we're going to go back to that split tight end formation, and hopefully one of them doesn't kill somebody. Yeah, let's hope so. I thought a big a big winner in this year's draft. I really thought the Cowboys did a great job of what they did. Absolutely. I at seventeen, C.D. Lamb, who was like you know one one or two on. People's draft boards. I think Jefferson receivers. was the best guy of it. Jeff Jefferson was the best guy available at that point. At wide receiver, I should say. At wide receiver, you think he's better than C.D. Lamb? One hundred percent. Really, really interesting. I disagree. I feel like I feel like C.D. C.D.'s a beast. I think he's got Eagles, the size, athleticism. I think he's think gonna ball. The Eagles out. really messed up with that. Oh pick. yeah. The Eagles at what twenty one? Yeah, they have. And then who did they even take? I don't. I never they heard took of that. Jalen Rager at a TCU. Sounds way too close to yeah. know who you are for me. Yeah, you're not even <laughs> an Eagles fan. I, th- yeah. I think I know it's like very bad with them. They were. They had. They had a weird draft, and then they drafted Jalen Hurts. Yeah, yeah. I was I like, was gonna, I thought New England was going to go up and take him. Honestly, yeah. I, there was a lot of there was a lot of like things on you know on social media about oh Jalen Hurts to New England or uh, who else was it. Someone else. Who's the other Jacob Eason. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of those two. And I thought it was weird. I did not see the Eagles taking the quarterback. And now they're saying they're going to run like two quarterback sets. I don't, I don't know how that's going to work, but we'll see. I think this is pretty much saying that Wentz has like a year or two left in Philly. He's way too injury prone. I mean, the depth chart is literally going to read right now, Wentz hurts because he's hurt all the time. <laughs> like on the, on the QB depth chart. And I yeah. think that's just pretty much saying, listen, um, you you got us to the playoffs at one here, pretty much. I mean, until Nick Foles picked up, yeah. Um, I just think he's way too injury prone. I don't think he's. I don't think you can rely on him for. The Reminds next me too much of Andrew Luck. You think? I don't think he's going to retire though, like Luck. I uh, think I, he's way more talented. Man, I really think. Yeah. Lunch, uh Wentz, Wentz was playing the playoffs last year. I mean, he made he made the full season. I think maybe he missed a game, but I think like he played the full season. And I feel like I feel did like he get hurt in the playoff game? game. Did he get hurt in the playoff I think game? Because so. what's his name played McCown? Yeah, no, no, he did. Right. He did get right. hurt in the playoff game. I remember that. Yeah, no, but I feel like with the injury prone stuff, I feel like Wentz before that the first injury that that started the injury prone every like thing. Mm-hmm. 
he had like an, he had like MVP type numbers, and mm-hmm. I feel like people forget that he was like a beast. And then he got hurt, and then the Nick Foles story happened, and they won the Super Bowl. But before that, he had such a good season, and I feel like people forget that. And I feel like there's I feel like people are sleeping on Carson Wentz. I feel like he would if I was if I was a team that had a quarterback like the Patriots or whichever team that is lacking quarterback. Don't don't that, say that. Man, Jacoby, I, dude, Carson Wentz. Carson Jared Stidham is the future of the Patriots. I'm not worried about our quarterback situation right now. That guy is going to be the future of this team. What experience does he have in the NFL? None. I'm, he doesn't have that much experience, but he's been learning under Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, but at the end of the day, like, you could learn he's all you want. the one that's willing to go to training camp and not listen to his, his wife that makes more money than him. He's going to be the one going to training camp. Making, making, creating chemistry with guys like Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers, um, Julian Edelman. You're gonna find, you gotta find their weaknesses and strengths, and that's what Tom Brady wasn't doing by going to OTAs all these years. And that's another point. Um, with Brady, I don't. Obviously, we everybody knows at this point, Tom Brady um walked on the New England Patriots and signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers about a month or two ago, I believe. I don't even know. Right. Um, but I don't. This isn't coming from a salty Patriots fan. I am not salty at all. Tom Brady did what was best for Tom Brady, and he just wants to win. And in our current system, he doesn't feel like he's going to win. So he went to Tampa Bay where he thinks he has the best chance of winning, but he's not going to win because he is not putting in the time with the receivers. He's not putting in the same time he used to because Father Time is catching up to him. And it's not like – and he's just going to let it catch up to him because – um. I made this a very strong point on the new guys podcast. I ride the wave media that I also do. And he went on the Howard Stern show a couple weeks ago and said how things were going down with Giselle, his wife. And she was like, you need to spend more time with the family and stuff like that. And he just wasn't going to OTAs and Belichick didn't take too kindly to that. He's going to treat Tim the same way as Tom Brady. You got to, you got to go in there and you got to give it 110% every day. That's the Patriot way. It's a very hard team to play for. He'll make you run until you throw up Bill Belichick. And that, and Tom didn't want to do that anymore. He said, maybe I do have to spend time with my kids. So he went to Tampa Bay where they're going to let him um, not show up to OTAs because he is Tom Brady. And they're going to do the same thing with Rob Gronkowski. He's not going to be on the field. They're not going to be the same. When you're a quarterback, you got to find your receivers, their weaknesses, and make them strengths. And I don't think he's going to do that with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, wh- whoever mm-hmm. else they have down there. Gronk, Grant the area has chemistry with Gronk, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's going to be the same Tom Brady. No matter how much talent you have around you, it can't just happen like that in the sport of football. I feel like also, I feel like the big thing, rather than you say like with the OT lack of participation and maybe like work ethic going down, I feel like the biggest issue with that team is the fact that they have they have all the talent in the world and they have a great system. They have a great like offense and a system if they want to be like a vertical threat team, but they have the wrong quarterback for that. Like everyone's like, oh Tom Brady, but Tom Brady is a he's in the past few years his offense has been run oriented, quick passes, get the ball out of his hands. And in Tampa Bay, they have the offense set up with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, like they were doing with. Uh, Jameis Winston, they would just throw the ball up. Like, they they were a vertical team, and they don't have the, the offense, even though they drafted Tristan Wirtz. Their, their offensive line is still a little suspect at the tackle position. And even their run game, who's their starting running back? Ronald Jones the third. That's the only – I think that's the only position on the offense they lack at. And that's – I feel like that's the biggest position. I feel like they need they need a back. Like, I feel like 
for Brady. I'm surprised that they didn't go and get someone like Leonard Fournette, who was on the, or even Melvin Gordon when he was available. Mm. I feel like they, I feel like that, that's like the, that's Tom Brady. Like he, he, I don't think at 43, he can be pushing the ball down the field and throwing bombs like Jameis Winston was all game. I don't, I, I just can't see that happening, and I feel like that's a major flaw. I see the Buccaneers making the offense work around Brady. Like I think they're gonna use some of like. Uh, the Patriots' old plays because they have OJ Howard and Rob Gronkowski now. I think they might run split tight ends and stuff. Don't forget they have Cameron Brait too, mm-hmm. and I think OJ Howard's honestly on his way out of Tampa Bay. Yeah, uh, he was all the hype last year and he didn't. Look yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of went off on a tangent there about Tom Brady, but I want to get back to the Eagles. Um, and their draft, they passed up on Jeff Jefferson, who was the best available wide receiver at the time, and and then. He goes right after that at, at 22 to the Vikings. So another one of my logics was Bill Belichick was expecting Jefferson to be there, and he just froze up and didn't know what to do, and he traded down. So maybe that was – maybe he was – you really can't say, honestly, because w- would Belichick have drafted Jefferson if he were there? I, I guess that's just a question we're never going to know. Yeah. That's like for the Patriots, too. I don't know if receiver was their number one priority. I you think because honestly, you think so? That, I feel like I feel like like they just like you know talent in general. I feel like like with that with that roster, like offensively, they really struggled last year, and they just need like offensive talent. Receiver was the best option on the board, like if he believed Justin Jefferson was the best player, and then he traded down. Then maybe I could see where you're coming from, but I feel like in general that team just needed like just talent. And I think that. As high as I am on Jared Stidham, I think drafting a quarterback was the right move. And just because of the fact that you bring in another quarterback, and that's just going to light a fire under under Jared Stidham. He's going to work even harder because you're going to have these two. You're going to have a rookie and someone who's pretty much in his rookie year never really played. And he's just gonna, they're going to go head-to-head every day. They're going to be battling it out for that spot. They're going to be working 10 times harder than they would if they were a starter already. So right. I think – and then you have Brian Hoyer. Don't get me wrong, Brian Hoyer is not going to do anything for New England. But I think he can be the right mentor for these two, or not really these two anymore. I also like that logic when you when we go back to the Eagles and talk about their pick of Jalen Hurts. I feel like that that pick lit a fire under Carson Wentz, and I feel like he's like, yeah, all right, my, position, about it. my position is, isn't secure as it used to be, and I think that's just going to push him work even harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one thing that – I definitely want to talk about the Andy Dalton to the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. I was going to get to that next. Yeah. Thoughts on that? I don't know if you any uh, other final thoughts on the draft. But, yeah, Andy Dalton's a Cowboy now. So, what do you think that's going to do to Dak Prescott? I think I, – I don't think Andy Dalton's going to play at all. I think he's going to be a coach. Like, he's coach. going to be on the team. A coach. But, like, he's going to coach him up. Uh, okay. Almost like a mentor. Yes. Yeah. I feel, like, I feel like Josh McCann was that for – I forget which team it was. But Sam Darnell. Yeah, 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 and he was pretty much just uh, he was just mm-hmm. he wasn't there to play. But I feel like I feel like Andy Dalton. I saw something that was interesting. They said that it that that could be lining up to be a Ryan Tannehill situation, yeah. where he plays backup and then like let's say Dak gets hurt or whatever, like bearing injury, and then Andy Dalton has to come in. He lights it up. Like that's something I could see happening. Mm-hmm. Andy Dalton's not a bad quarterback as much as you could you know like just you know say oh like you know he his team was awful and he hasn't been good. He hasn't had much success in the, like the playoffs, but I mean, he's a good quarterback and I feel like I, to see him on a roster, like the Cavs talented as the Cowboys, like 
if if that if that if Dak got hurt or something, I could really see that happening. That kind of storyline unfolding. And I also wanted to note that everybody was surprised that Andy Dalton got signed before Cam Newton. And I honestly think that Andy Dalton is a better quarterback than Cam Newton, just because of the fact that um, I'm going to go with a little bit of a Colin Coward type of logic here. He said you take a quarterback's best year, and that would be Cam Newton's MVP season in 2015, and you take their worst year. You get rid of those every other season, that's the quarterback you got. And I think when you take away Cam Newton and Andy Dalton's best and worst seasons, Andy Dalton's a better quarterback all around if you look at his stats. I also think that a lot of the hype with Cam Newton, like I, I think people forget like it came when from saw that him, 2015 year. Yeah, yeah, no, and that 2015 year he was amazing. Like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, he really carried a Panthers team to the Super Bowl. But, um, but I feel like like people forget last season. Like, if you watched him play, he was he was not good. Like he was like he, like his throwing the ball, like it just looked weird. Like everything just looked off. And I know they say he's healthy now, but. Can he be that same quarterback? Because Cam relies on his physicality, being able to run out of the pocket and, you know, like take hits and break tackles and push ball down the field. I don't know if he can do that. So do I feel you like think he's, Cam Newton's going to see the field in 2020? I don't know. I think that – I think, I think that, you will, just depending yeah. on what team. What team do you think will sign him? Patriots. That's not going to happen. I don't think you're going to bring in a guy that's his – he's injury prone too. He's coming – Depending, they were looking at his medical history, and it really wasn't that good, and they weren't interested in him just because of that. I heard something that he's gonna wait for, like he's gonna. So I could honestly see him waiting till like it gets like deeper, closer to the season, and then like maybe there's like an opening, like an injury or something like that opens up, and then the team's desperate for a quarterback. And I think that was that was something I I heard um, being mentioned, but that he might wait like a lot longer, like even like towards the preseason, like God willing that actually happens. But it, I could see that I could see him waiting all the way till it gets closer to the season starting to sign for it, sign to a team. Um, Two more NFL moves. Jameis Winston to the Saints, good or bad move? I, I love, I mean, for the Saints, I think, I think for both sides, I love that move. Cause, cause um, to learn behind Drew Brees, who's one of the best to ever do it. And Sean Payton, who's a great coach, like to learn and to be in that QB room, I think it's going to be very helpful for Jameis. Even if he stays there for one year, doesn't play, and then leaves, he can finally I, see now too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, really, because he had the eye surgery or whatever. Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know how much like true that is. He couldn't see, like how 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 is he playing quarterback? He Maybe colorblind. Yeah, why couldn't he do that like three years ago? But. <laughs> Besides that, I think that that's a great move for both sides because I think the backup quarterback situation, I don't know if Taysom Hill can. Taysom Hill is not a franchise quarterback. He's, <laughs> yeah. a player. He's like a backyard football player. He can do everything. Yeah, yeah. and I think that – so he's a great – James Winston can be a great backup. And also I think that just learning under Drew Brees can really help him. Like next year if he wants to go back into free agency and find a team, I think that it will really help him. And he could, he could develop – he could still develop into a really good quarterback. My opinion. I also want to note on that. Look at what happened to the Saints last year. Drew Brees goes down with a thumb injury in week two. He misses, what, six to eight weeks? Uh-huh. And then Teddy Bridgewater comes in, lights up the show. Yep. Brees comes back, and they st- I mean, they still choke in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think they would have been there if it weren't for Teddy Bridgewater. And I yeah. think they want to 
they want to create that one-two punch at quarterback, and then you can mix in Taysom Hill with the um in the wildcat formation or whatever. Right. Because um Taysom Hill can literally do anything as we saw. He can return kicks, catch the ball, um probably play defense. We haven't really seen him play defense yet, but I think Jameis Winston is filling the void that Teddy Bridgewater held because yeah. with Teddy Bridgewater and um, also and also not, not to cut you off, but with seeing. Teddy Bridgewater's success and how he got the bag this season. You know what I mean? James mm-hmm. can see that, be like, hey, something happens, I can go in. Obviously, just similarly in the situation with, like, just in a loaded offense in general, like, that offense is stacked. They got, you know, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. They just have a great offense mm-hmm. and a great system. So if, let's say, something happens similarly last season and Jameis has to step in, he could have a Teddy-like, he could have a Teddy-like season and then, he can get, go get the bag somewhere else as well. So I feel like in, 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 in every aspect, that's a win for mm-hmm. the Saints and Daniels. Um, one more uh, NFL move. It happened a while ago, but I obviously I haven't talked to you guys since um, school got closed down. Brandon Cooks to the to the Texans. How do we feel about that? I think we lost Joe. Did he disconnect? No, nah, he's just frozen on my screen. I'll, I'll go into this, though. Um. Yeah, I, obviously Brandon Cooks isn't going to fill the same spot that DeAndre Hopkins did, but um, it's a good move for them, and I think they're a lot more balanced now. you got um, Deshaun Watson, obviously, and I think he would have mm-hmm. left if you didn't bring in the weapon for him. He reminds me of Cam Newton, Deshaun Watson. I don't mm, I think his ability to throw the ball has been a lot better. I think his showing in his first few seasons has been a lot better than Cam Newton as of late. Cam Newton overall, I should say. Up there's Joe. My computer just crashed. Yeah. Look at that. Can't see it. You can't see it? No. And so he just sent me. You're not holding it by the camera, that's why. Am I really? Yeah. There you go. Your PC ran into a problem. Yeah. Oh, there he goes. Um... Uh, we were kind of relying on him for my next topic because we were discussing this a little bit um, mm-hmm. beforehand. Um, supposedly, the UFC is coming back this Saturday. I mean, UFC? I'm, not really, I'm not really a big UFC guy. Neither am um, I. I'm more of an amateur no wrestling idea. guy. Uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I was kind of relying on him to um, kind of steer us in that direction there. But um, we're going for about a half hour now. This is pretty good for um, our first episode. Once again, this is a very raw. Um, first, first take at this. Um, Rob, next week I'm hoping to have some of the Charles Street Time seniors come on here and just talk about their experiences with this whole coronavirus thing. Um, then we'll get back to sports a little bit. Hopefully, sports. Up oh, there he is. Yeah, I don't know what happened. My my computer just blue screened and just died. I was just, I was just I doing was the outro. We were getting to the whole UFC coming back thing, and I needed you to steer me in the direction of that because I didn't know that much. No, yeah. So the UFC is coming back, and it's going to be the first sport. That's gonna be coming back full time and gonna start like putting fights on and live events for fans. And um, Dana White has been trying to do this. He tried to actually have a fight while this was all like it was like at its like peak. I think it was in April. It was mid April. Yeah, I saw he was that. trying to have an event, but then it ended up falling through because ESPN told him that like you know you can't do it. But now he he has like he has three fight cards set up for next Saturday, May 9th. And then Wednesday the thirteenth, and then that next Saturday, the sixteenth. So he has he's the fir- this is the first sports that's going. He's going. He's pushing out fights, so for the fans. And he's gonna be. I think he's gonna. He has plans to continue, just keeping fights going, 
in Jacksonville because that's where sports were deemed essential. And um, also, he's creating his own island. And um, there's undisclosed location, but he's creating an infrastructure in an island so that he could put fights on there if bearing like something goes wrong with Jacksonville or Florida and that it needs to be pushed there. And this is, I feel like UFC is the only sport that could really do this right now. Because WWE only, doing the same thing. Yeah, and WWE because, because it's, only, it's only one fighter, you know what I mean? It's a fighter and then a couple like guys training him and then like they could get tested and then they could fight and then it's over. Like, but, but with other sports like like Major League Baseball trying to set up or... Joe, your audio garbage. Yeah, is you it? hear that too, right? Yeah. Is it? I, I, I thought it was just me. I, it was fine before. Yeah, it, it was fine. Is that better? No. Whatever, we're all with it. Um, yeah, I know... Um, Everyone's like you just said, Joe, about um, only one fighter or whatever. I don't think that's true because in the case of WWE, I mean, I'm a I ju- I've just gotten back into wrestling. I grew up a big time pro wrestling fan, and you still you have it's not just the fighters in the ring. You got the guys commentary. You got um, you got the production crew backstage, and who knows at the performance center out in Orlando how close and on top of each other that they are. So I don't know. It's a I think it's a bit of a risky move, but. Whatever, whatever they got to do to make money at this point. Yeah, I agree, and I feel like with the other sports though, there's like you know, like with the personnel you're talking about, there's so many more compared to like WWE and UFC. Mm-hmm. So like the compared to like let's say you need like five people per fighter, and then how many fights you have compared to like each MLB team has what carries like eighteen yeah. guys. Yeah, you're right. People on staff, like that's that's a just that's a, such a big risk, and it's just not worth it at this point. But I feel like those two sports are the only ones that can really come back. All right. Um, now that we got Joe back, we can kind of do like a more formal outro now. I thought I didn't think Joe was getting back on. Um, I'm back. No, it's all good. Um, once again, that was just a, our first episode. Really rough right now. Um, next week, I'm trying to get all the seniors on from the Charles Street Times just to have them talk about some of their experiences with this whole thing. Um. You can check out our website, Charles Street Times, um, lendynews.org. Um, find some of me, Joe, and Tim's writing. We do mostly sports writing. I do a little bit of music here and there. Um, you can also check – I'm going to plug, plug myself real quick. You can check me out on the New Guys podcast. Um, You've been on, plugging yourself. I've been <laughs> plugging myself before. Um, on the Ride the Wave Media YouTube channel, um, media company based in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.